I'm Rob Garbas, and this is The Compositional. Today, I'm talking to Adam Huse. Uh, hi, Adam, and sorry for butchering your surname. Hi, uh, that, 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 that's okay. Most non-Swedish people can't pronounce that properly, and <laughs> not even all Swedish people can. Uh, okay, uh, so the reason we're talking today is because Adam has been working on on Trustix, which is a new model for Nix binary distribution. But before we dive into the today's topic, uh, I think listeners would like to know you a bit better. I mean, some of the listeners already know you, but uh, there's, we can always introduce you. They, they probably don't know uh, about all the cool things that you have been working on. I'll start with your nickname. So most of the people in the community, they know you under the nickname Addis Bladis. So my nickname, Garbas, I, when I selected it, is I selected it because my friends called me Garbas all the time. And back when I started and uh, with um, open software and contributing, like I consider the open software fr friends. So I put my name Garbas. Is there a similar... Uh, or is there a story behind your nickname? So it's sort of derived from my, my normal, my regular name, Adam. And then but it was one of those cutesy nicknames my, my grandma used to call me when I was like very, very young. And it's just like, oh, oh cute little oh, this blood is like grabbing the cheek. Uh, so this is like a cute version of Adam? It's like... <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's like my grandma's cute version of it. It's not It's not in any way kind of canonical way to make cute nicknames, but... <laughs> okay, okay. So it has a story, right? And yeah. I think a lot of people don't know all these stories behind it. So basically, my nickname is the same age as the internet. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was thought of your grandmother, so... Yeah. <laughs> The usual question I have for everybody that, uh, uh, and actually, even if I meet them in person, I like to know how actually they came to Nix community. Like, what was the reason behind it? When did you hear it? I, I got into Nix by a fellow fellow Nix packages committer. Actually, uh, he we 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 were in a small small uh, RSC channel for a group of friends of mine, and he like we have some friends in common, and then this. This guy was going on and on and on and on about how great Nix was, and it's like the greatest things in sliced bread, and everyone should be using it. And I was like so sick of hearing him going on and on about how great this is. But so I, I took a look at it, and I could see the potential because I've been using like uh, Gentoo for almost ten years before before uh, finding Nix. So I, I like I could see a lot of the appeal of Gentoo, but in a more um, principled way I, like so I, I could see that there was something here and, and so once i once i had tried nix i was completely like 100 percent sold on, on on the concept but then it took me a while before before i i sat down and actually like installed nix proper but once i did that i it, it only took me about a year until i had commit access to, to nix packages so from the time you heard it to the time you installed install Nix and kind of use it more regularly was a year? No, no, no. For, so from the time I started really using Nix like as my daily driver until I had Nix packages commit access was about a year or a year and a half. Oh, okay, so you're pretty, like, if I use something, I contribute. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I, like the, po the point I was trying to make is that I went all in from the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there is no other way, especially yeah. back then. When was yeah. that? Like... 
2016 uh, around 16 so four or five years ago yeah ish yeah okay i didn't know you were using gentoo because i'm also coming from a <laughs> gentoo yeah it's, it's mean, very yeah so it's very common <laughs> it's a common either it's gentoo yeah. or arc right and yeah. uh, arch and <laughs> um yeah so a lot of people know you in the community in the next community as the author or maintainer uh, of a few tunic tools mm-hmm. i know uh, that i'm using um uh, already your uh, poetry tunics like extensively on a for python yeah. projects and then you have um pnpm i think it's called tunics yeah yeah that's for an alternative node package manager I, I, that that project has definitely not seen the kind of love it deserves recently. So PNPM to next yeah. has has not seen the kind of love it deserves. But but uh, yeah, poetry poetry to next, which is like for for the Python ecosystem, is something I, I started for NixCon last year. So it's it's about a year and a half ago. It, that that's been a pretty widely successful project. I, I know several companies standardizing on this for their Python packaging. So. This has been a very exciting project. Uh, uh, is there anything that you're planning? Because uh, I think the tool is really great. And I think this is, like, there is a lot to attribute this to actually to the poetry uh, that we can actually do proper packaging. Uh, but you see something else that you want to, like, it's something that you would like to do next for poetry to next or? No, no, actually not. I feel like this this project is for me finished. So we we will add more uh, overrides to the standard library and stuff like this. But for me, that this is mostly like in a maintenance mode. It's, it's uh, I consider like the API is stable. I'm not gonna add any more features or anything like that. It's feature complete. Oh, that's nice. I mean, it's nice to have a tool that is actually matured. I mean, this yeah. is not <laughs> a common thing in Next. I, I mean, I assume this if poetry changes something. Yeah, so 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 like in the latest release, they changed the log file format slightly. So we have to adapt to that. But but uh, uh, generally, if there is a new release of Poetry to Nix, and now it should be backwards compatible. I know you will also during this summer. I think you will be you were working on the kind of Go to Nix tool. I think it's called V Go to Nix. Uh, so we got to, no no so uh, huh. I've actually done this project twice now. <laughs> so first we go to next, which was my early version when when the, what's called Go modules, which is their, their Go packaging. Uh, so they re- relatively recently added packaging to as a standard built-in feature of of, of the Go tool. Um, so Vigo to Nix I created when this was still in its infancy and I had a personal side project I used Go for. But I had misunderstood the packaging format a bit and I built it on, on the entirely wrong abstraction from the start. So back back to Trustix kind of. So for Trustix I had to develop a new 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 packaging tool because I wanted to use Go modules without using this kind of fixed output derivation hacks that, that are mostly used in its packages now for packaging Go modules. Because mm-hmm. it's not very nice to use for local development. So if I'm like doing Nix build on a test and then having to invalidate this entire huge fixed output derivation every time it's, every time I change a single dependency is, is really not nice for local development. So I felt I, I needed another tool. So this, this is this new tool, Go mode to Nix, is very semantic is like semantically exactly the same as we go to Nix but built upon its own build abstraction. So it uses its own its own builder. So how does it compare to 
Uh, how does it compare, let's say, from maturity level between poetry to Nix and GoMod to Nix? So obviously GoMod to Nix is, is brand spanking new, so it doesn't have the same level of maturity. But at the same time, it doesn't need that level of maturity because Go packaging itself is much, much, much simpler than Python packaging. So it's got poetry to Nix is very complicated because Python packaging is very complicated. But Go packaging comparatively is very simple. Uh, do they still have the proper log files now in the Go uh, ecosystem? Yes, yes, but sadly we can't use them as is because they're, they're mm. using an incompatible directory hashing scheme and and their URL lookups can't be done statically. So you need like to ping a remote to figure out what the exact URL of an import path is. Ah. So so it, it's not possible to make a tool like Poetry to Nix for, for Go. So I suppose we need to either fix this upstream. Uh, I think we're not the only one. <laughs> so when I made GoModunix, I went in with 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 the mindset that I'm going to create something like Poetry Tunix, but I, I encountered like some show, showstopper problems to to do this. Yeah. Well, but that's it's at least it's at the point where we know what the problems are and yeah, uh, we can maybe convince the upstream to uh, help us. Uh, and one thing that you have been working pretty extensively on uh, is actually NixOps. Uh, I think, what's the state of it? I think a lot of people are asking. Yeah, it's um, it's been kind of stuck in a pre 2.0 release state for a while now. There's a big PR um, that changed changes how we deal with state. So it, it makes state optional and, and adds support for remote state stores. This, this, but this, this, uh, this new, new functionality has some implications to it that breaks how you, how you reference deployments. So I'm not entirely sure that this, is, this PR that we have open is the correct solution to the problem. So it's sort of been stuck here. And, ah. And all everything else you've been working on kind of depends on this, or yeah. One of the big things we really, really wanted for the 2.0 release of NixOps was state as an optional thing. So th mm -hmm. this is like one of the highlight items for for this release. So mm -hmm. we need to make sure that this is done correctly. And so would you say that the right way to go, like if somebody wants to contribute, would be to actually look at. Uh, this PR? Yeah, yes, yes. And if you're a NixOps user, uh, please take a look and comment. Even if you do feel like your 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 input is like not valuable, your input on this issue in particular is super valuable. Mm -hmm. so, so if this a breaking API change in, in this PR is, is the right thing, I would love for people to just chime in and say so. Uh, okay, we'll provide the link into in uh, in our description so uh, people can yeah. go and ahead and look at it because I think it it's like it's been stuck for quite some time now and I think uh, there it needs some love kind of to be moved further, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's a bit difficult because there aren't that many people working working actively on NixOps that, that that can sort of take on these multi maybe multiple hours that that is required for reviewing this kind of really big PRs. There's only a handful of people doing this. Wow, I see. I think NixOps has the future, and I think having this like small steps, I guess this is a a needed big step that needs to be taken. But uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and, and and it's becoming ever 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 more urgent with with the the deprecation of Python two. 
So, so another big highlight item of Nixup 2.0 is the migration from Python 2 to Python 3. But it's on a, I think Python 2 is not even supported anymore. Uh, no, it's officially, not. Officially, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we need to move away if for a tool to be relevant even. Yeah. OK, so let's go to the, the switch to the topic we are actually here for today. Uh, and this is Trustix. Um, so I already mentioned that Trustix is a new model uh, for Nix binary distribution. Um, I suppose it has to do something with the trust and Nix. That's where the name comes from. I think in one of our, in Twig's uh, kind of weekly, bi-weekly, monthly uh, letters, I already mentioned that we're working on a this secret project. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't want to give it out just yet because I thought it would be cool to yeah. kind of get a bit of a hype around it. I don't know hype. But <laughs> no, but since, since, since the project has been announced, there's actually, it's cost quite a bit of, Quite a bit of hype. Sorry. Exactly. And I think it's uh, rightfully so. Let's maybe start with this. So what problems does Trustix solve or uh, that tries to address? Yeah, the, the, I, I think maybe the best way for me to, to explain this is, is to explain where the idea of Trustix came from. So uh, at the end of last summer, there was a hacker camp in, in Germany called uh, this CCC camp, so Chaos Communication Camp. They have this this camp every four years. And, and yeah, which I'm jealous I couldn't come, yeah. but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was hanging out with with a fellow fellow Nix uh, Nix contributor and uh, and a Cubes person, so a, a person from the Cube, Cubes project. And we 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 were talking about cubes and, and Nixon and Alyssa Alyssa Ross from the from the Nix community is working on on a similar thing as cubes but using Nix so so this guy was very very interested uh, this cubes guy was very interested to to talk to her and, and bounce some ideas back and forth so uh, cut a, to cut a long story short, uh, how, how we ended up talking to Alyssa, but she, so she published this uh, published this on her Spectrum blog. So if, <laughs> you can find the this long story on her blog. We can add the link in the description. So the Spectrum Spectrum is the can we call it re-implementation of CubeOS with Nix tools or like a yeah. merge of yeah, both? It, well, it, it's it's not doing the project justice calling it that, but I, yeah. I would say yes. Close, close enough to get an idea of what it is. Okay, so, so a hint: Nix plus CubeOS is what is um, Spectrum OS. Is Spectrum OS, and it's not giving it justice, but at least the initial idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll also provide the link. No worries. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I was talking to her and, and this Cubes guy and some some other people, but uh, she said something that that made me think. Oh, but if you're doing this, then you're just moving the point of trust from from yeah. So she was talking about buying hardware to do her own builds for Spectrum OS, and then I was thinking at that point you're just moving the trust around, and then my my gear started <laughs> started grinding, <laughs> and so sort of the next day I had conceptualized what like generally what Trustix was supposed to look like. Uh, about a week after that, after I got home, I had a an Ethereum smart contract implementing the general idea of it. Uh -huh. So you initially you started building this on top of Ethereum. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and and there's actually like an interesting point to why I didn't go with any any blockchain solution in the end. Why it's like a bespoke bespoke Merkle tree implementation in in Trustix now. So clearly, uh, I think for some this is important, but Trustix it's not blockchain, right? No, uh, it, it's not. But it's you. It's very similar to a blockchain, but without distributed consensus. Yeah. Maybe if we kind of, for those in from the blockchain community or familiar with it, uh, why are the, let's say, those proof of work and proof of stake um, ideas not applicable to, to Trustix? Uh, so why is the blockchain ideas are not applicable to Trustix? So I, I think they are applicable in some way, but we don't need a global consensus for any of anything mm -hmm. it's because of the locality of the problem or yes i think so okay so so if if we would have if trustix would use a proof of work model for example we would be susceptible to a 51% attack so mm -hmm. anyone with with more than 51% or more or more of the compute power of the network could attack the the, the network but this this sort of becomes a non issue in the model Trustix uses because there is no model of global consensus. There is a local idea of, of, what, a, of what a successfully like reproducible, trustworthy package is. Mm -hmm. So you already started, if, I was kind of slowly following as you were working and we, uh, we also discussed, but you kind of based your idea upon two things, two kind of two technology, well, maybe two technologies like you, you you, you source your ideas from those two projects. One is Trillion uh, and Git, right? Yeah, so, so tri Trillion is a, is a kind of off-the-shelf Merkle tree implementation by, by some people at Google. <laughs> so, and um, I, I did use this at some point early on in, in Trustix as well, but it turned out like Trillion is, is too, too complex of, of a beast for the use case. But uh, I would say the two biggest inspirations for Trustix, I think for me was certificate transparency is like a huge inspiration. So if you read a certificate transparency RFC and you look at the API of, of certificate transparency and you look at the API of Trustix, you can see a lot of similarities between the two. And we are also using very similar data structures. So certificate, transpar certificate transparency is like the biggest the biggest in influence uh, for, for the design of Trustix. Uh, and uh, the other side uh, of the kind of implementation or inspiration is the Git, right? Um, kind of. Not, I, I would not say Git as much anymore. An early idea was to, to use the Git Merkle DAG, DAG and try to use that to, to get mm -hmm. like cheap distribution. But I see. So it's, it was a stepping stone in, in, into evolution of what Trustic is today. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it was mm -hmm. one, one of the possible contenders for, for like the underlying data structures. It turned out it wasn't really suitable for, for the purpose. Uh, you already mentioned a few times that um, there were some, <laughs> like how many implementations before you landed? Like three or four, uh, four in total before I ended up at like a design I was really, really happy with. So what people, when you come to Trustix uh, repository and see the code, this is not the first implementation, I think. No, no. It's actually quite important that you went through iteration already, like, few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So, like, because there is nothing else like this out there for, for 
like doing distributed build verification and like distributed trust for, for software builds. This doesn't exist anywhere. So it was a very, really research heavy project. We had to figure out stuff that no one else figured out yet. That must have been fun. Um, again, jealous <laughs> in a good sense, in a good way. <laughs> it's always nice to find projects which are it's actually um, really take all of you, uh, uh, like all of your, um, yeah, basically all of you, like all the ideas, having to come up with it, to do the research. Um, okay, we also mentioned a few times already um, Merkle trees. Maybe for the, those who are not familiar with it, we might want to kind of explain what the Merkle tree is, and then we can go from there and see how this connects to Trustix and why. If I understand correctly, Merkle tree is actually at the base of, uh, of what Trustix is or how it's implemented around. Yeah, so, so yeah, as you say, trust, Merkle trees are like at the very core of what Trustix is doing. I guess, like in, in theory, you wouldn't need Merkle trees to do just the build verification. But if you wouldn't use a verifiable data structure, then you could do, like do do things like targeted attacks. So let's say I'm a binary cache, and then I look at which requests are coming in from Garbas, and then I could start lying to you about what what builds I had published under what hashes. And, I see. And then I don't have any way to verify that. Yeah. So with Merkle trees, we can use cross verification. So I can have someone verify you, verify your log and, and say like, this is the hash of, of Garba's log. So, so it's, so it's, it becomes impossible for me to, to, to do a targeted attack against you because you know exactly what like the head, the state should of my tree should look like. So when you go to my tree and, and fetch the nodes of it, you can check that it's consistent with what I told everyone participating in the network. Mm -hmm. So is there like a two sentence description of what the Merkle tree is, uh, or we will just provide the link <laughs> to the what to the wiki page of Merkle tree? I I don't know if it, there's a good two sentence, but I would say a Merkle tree is a very efficient way for you to do. To, for example, like in our case, we want to add, uh, we want to have an input, input output mapping. So we, we want to add this to this to a, a log, but and you want to be able to verify entries in the log without downloading the entire structure. So what Merkle trees does fantastically well is that you can do partial verifications. So even if I have a log of, of millions of entries, mm -hmm. and you and you just want to verify one package, so one single thing in my tree, you don't need to download the entire the entire tree to do this. You can just verify the bits that that you care about. Mm -hmm. So this kind of maps nicely over. I mean, the feature I w I'm trying to correlate this to how Nix works, and I think this correlates to the laziness. So we only need the. So in Nix, you only need to evaluate what you're using. And in this case, with yeah. Um, yeah, you Trustix, only... you will only verify uh, what you want to verify, not everything. Yeah. OK. Uh, there is also, uh, a, so there, these are Merkle trees. And there is uh, um, kind of a different version of Merkle trees that you also use in the, in the core, which is, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but it's called sparse. 
Merkel trees? Yes, sparse Merkel, Merkel trees. Yes. So, so, so what uh, they are, how they compare to Merkel trees? Um, yeah. So without without being able to like draw draw graphs and show you like yeah. <laughs> what what the difference <laughs> is, we, we can say it has some slightly different properties to to a regular Merkel tree. So a regular Merkel tree is basically just a list of of items that you append to the that you add add to the tree, but uh, you can't you, you can't really access values by key, so they like they're, they're in uh, values by index. So uh, the, these sparse Merkle trees they can actually be be used as an as a like hash map index. So so these these can be used for like key based lookups to look up where in this sequential log uh, a certain item is. So what what we store in the sparse Merkle tree is a pointer back to the regular log, like where is. Uh -huh. so, so sparse Merkle trees uh, are basically a pointers to the. To in the in tree. our case, they are, but uh -huh. but uh, yeah. So the, the the difference here is that you can use uh, uh, you you can use sparse Merkle trees as as sort of hash uh, lookup key lookups, ah, but okay. you, you cannot use a regular one as those. So the, grossly simplified they have a lot of other other differences as well but this is like the the key the key difference is why we are using these two variants of it because if we just use the regular first one the regular merkle trees you wouldn't be able to do a lookup of anything without downloading the entire thing and walking it sequentially i see and we are using it kind of in parallel um the trustic is using it in parallel yeah yeah these work these work in tandem yeah Okay, so I think this kind of, I hope this gives a bit of the information how Trustix came to be and what actually it is in its core. Uh, we'll provide some links to the as well uh, to the yeah to to, to 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 a bit deeper explanation. And I think you're also writing a blog post uh, on this topic, or yeah, yeah. So there, there are uh, <laughs> there's a whole series of, of blog posts on the different topics. Uh, the next one I'm writing is is the one on these tree structures and how these they work internally. Ah, so there's going to be a what, deep dive. And what the different, yeah, and what the different structures provide us in terms of like security guarantees and and what attacks they protect against. Ah, this is in, so I think. As much as it is, it is important to to come with a project and a cool idea like Trustix. It's equally important to record all of the decisions or like the the and I think the format which you chose the blocks are the blog posts like a series of them. It's uh, it's perfect for this. So uh, I think at this point I am assuming now, but a lot of the, our listeners might not know. Uh, how can they use it? Uh, how can you how can you use Trustix? Or let's say I'm a Nix user. Uh, how and what does what is the diff what what difference does Trustix makes for me? You know, I think that would be uh, an interesting thing to answer. So I think it depends on what user you are. Okay, if you are a regular, if you are like uh, what I would guess is a typical NixOS user, it probably doesn't give you much because it comes with some extra complexity over this. So the old model of simple detached signatures 
it's, it's a very simple model that has very excellent performance characteristics and all, all, everything like that. So I think for most people, it doesn't provide you with anything that you want because it's probably not in your threat model to get like targeted attacks from, from, uh, from your binary cache. But so, so if we get back to like this Spectrum project, so if you are a typical Spectrum OS user, you want like this heavy compartmentalization and very, very like a small trusted computing base. Something like Trustix may be giving you a ton because you, you may not even want to trust any binaries unless you can cross verify them. So I would say we have this, this range of, I'm just using NixOS on my laptop uh, for, for browsing the web. Probably don't, that doesn't matter to, to this kind of super paranoid. I'm, I'm a journalist in a, in a, in an oppressive country. It probably gives you a ton. I see. So it depends who you are, uh, yeah. then the trustix makes sense. Uh, is there but, any other but, use but, case? But, but I would, but I would also like to emphasize that even if you are this NixOS user, you're just using it on your laptop. Having Trustix verifying the ecosystem at large can still give you an extra sense of like security in in that in that the things are actually actively monitored for for non non compliance. Uh -huh. So I see here two use cases. One, as you said, is like uh, one which I tried to which I asked for was like, oh, as a user, what does it do for me? So one use case is, well, if you have the requirement um, of your, that your, you need more security, then yeah, Trustix can solve this for you. And even this can be applied, uh, can improve the whole ecosystem of NixOS. This is another kind of uh, in parallel uh, use case, which Trustix could um yeah, get, uh, give better guarantees that what's in our binary cache is actually uh, trustworthy. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we really have two two main use cases. So tr we come we come at it and designed it from from the perspective of solving trust. But then the same data can be used for like tr reproducibility tracking and. Uh, potentially other use cases as well. But but the two main use cases, like straight off the bat, are going to be distributed trust and then also reproducibility tracking. Mm -hmm. I see. So so maybe it's not really applicable to, to everyday user right now, but as a project, we will see the, the benefits quite soon. Uh, once we... Uh, so it, what's current stage? What is, what's the current stage of uh, the Trustix projects? So I would say that the, the core, the foundation of it is, is like mostly solid. Uh, I'm, I'm getting very close to a point where you can actually start playing around with it as a not, not a developer. But, but, but right now, if you want to get into Trustix, you, you better be, uh, probably you better be, be a, a, an expert on verifiable data structures, go and Nix at the same time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume at one point there will be only needed. So you, you would kind of install it. How would you, uh, what would the success story of look like uh, or like the happy path? I, I can personally, I consider the project a success if. I don't even really care about having 
end users using it on on their like personal machines mm -hmm. for me it is a success already if the nixos project uses it for reproducibility tracking mm -hmm. so that 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 to me is like a partial success but a wild wild success would be would be so, uh, for a project like say spectrum to say that this is the only model uh-huh so if if you don't reach the trust level of uh, that that you configure tr mm. your trustix to be, then you cannot install packages, I suppose. Y well, you could install or packages, software. but not, but on only from source at that point. Like uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Ah, so, so, an, an, an in, so an interesting an interesting an interesting side effect of of the next model is, is being like source based. Is that when Trustix fails to substitute something, it doesn't just outright fail on you. You, you. you just end up building it from source locally. So you end up doing a bit more building, maybe you maybe using the Trustix model if, mm -hmm. if you may, if maybe you are using some unpopular packages that that are not built by old builders. Mm -hmm. Of course, and this is like a, this is only the user can yeah. answer how much uh, of the convenience he's willing to trade for uh security or for the trust yeah uh it's always the question we <laughs> we need to answer um you mentioned now that nix uh resolves the the, the binaries how does this relate um to the nix binary cache uh do they work together it's um What's the relationship? Yeah, yes, it, it, they, they work together, but it sort of it removes the responsibility of package signing from the binary cache and moves it into a, a separate layer. Mm -hmm. So the signing actually happens kind of on the Trustix? Inside Trustix somewhere, uh, yeah. without showing you an architecture diagram, it's hard to say, like, here, signing yeah. happens here, but yeah. Yeah, so, but... The signing happens in Trustix, and then, uh, uh, but how the the binaries are, be and also probably the verification happens inside the Trustix. Depending on what ver verification we're talking about, yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Source uh, tarp hash sum checks still happen in, in inside Nix, but mm -hmm. tr Trustix takes care of like knowing which which files to use in the first place. In the previous episode, mm. uh, I had Theophan, uh, and we talked about his work on the um, content addressable. And like, as I'm following both projects, um, I see a lot of similarities. I mean, similarities. There, there, are, there are some things that there are kind of in in the intersection mm. of both projects. Uh, how will this? How will? Is there any um, kind of implications uh, that? Trustix has on content addressable or and vice versa, or am I just, uh, I mean, I might be just imagining this. I'm not sure it actually has any, any implications. I don't, I don't, I don't, so I've, I've also looked at this pretty extensively, but I don't think it has any important implication. It has, it needs some slight code, code modification, but it, Apart from that, it's mostly just mm -hmm. so they, they can work together. Yeah, they can they can work together nicely, and I think that 
I think it can be really ni nice to actually verify that these CA parts are reproducible. But I don't think CAS in any way kind of affects the model. So they don't work against each other. You can use I mean, you can use either or both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you can use both. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not an issue. Because I mean, CAS on one hand, why I kind of came to this is because CAS on one hand tries to like go, looking further in uh, into the CAS uh, CAS future. So CAS I meant as content addressable storage. Uh, like the end goal of the whole work on CAS it could be seen as work towards the IPFS. Uh, what's interplanetary file system? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so, in maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but it could be. I see it as um, it will give some. Uh, I'm not sure the trust, it will bring the trust, but it could help us as a Nix community uh, reach uh, f uh, like, um, to, to get a better reproducibility, to be better at reproducibility, right? So I guess maybe the goals, uh, am I here kind of thinking wrong in the, that this is a bit related? Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely say it's, it is related. I think, I think, uh, I think tr Trustex and the IPFS work will go very, very nice, nicely together. I think it. Mm -hmm. So, so you see, there being like a, uh, definitely not mutually exclusive, but actually, actually, even no, no, they're very, very like complementary and symbiotic. Mm -hmm. ah, so it's almost like, uh, like the I, I feel like like with all the IPFS work and the the content address store and then Trustex, like it's like puzzle pieces that like just clicks nicely together from the <laughs> from the start uh, okay so the ideas came from different um camps hmm. or different rooms different heads and then now they are we are slowly once you put them together we get a really nice puzzle <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> okay no okay so i'm not being hmm. um uh um, so my like what I've seen this fits together nicely. It's actually could is actually can well be true or will be true. Hmm. So um, if we go kind of go further into the the reproducible uh, reproducibility and hmm. um, you know this part uh, of the trustix, how would uh, how would this work? How would you verify reproducibility uh, aspects that something is reproducible? um maybe from a community level um did you did you already made some plans towards that or um i don't know it depends on what 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 you're talking about if we're talking about the local locally like substitution time decision making then mm -hmm. or, or are we talking about uh, the the reproducibility tracking tool um either oh. i'll put uh, it's kind of the question. I'm not sure in which direction you want to explore because I think these yeah. are two separate use cases. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure we can, which we can direction go, you actually well, want to. We can go go through both one by one. So, so. let's go. Could, could you repeat the question again? Sorry. So, um, so let's start with the local one. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how would, what would be the steps for somebody to locally check for reproducibility uh, mm -hmm. using the Trustix? So. Uh, each Trustix builder operates their own their own uh, log. So 
let's say you 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 have configured three three logs and in this case logs can be roughly analogous to a, a binary cache you can say one log one binary cache mm -hmm. okay uh, these builders they they publish publish builds into into their logs and these logs are like append only so one once a log has entered it it's 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 immutable mm -hmm. And what, so what you do then is when you substitute something, you, you have a path to it. You know what, you, what you're looking for. You go to Trustix and say, um, given, given this input path, like a, a hash map key, basically, mm -hmm. what is the consensus around the output of this? So you go to Trustix and then Trustix does an, asks, the remote, uh, asks the remote logs about this and then it does a local election. Uh, a vote, basically, a, a vote on on which output to use. But for, from 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 your pers from the perspective of a user, this is just a transparent step at substitution. Mm -hmm. So this is all done into the what is the phase? Uh, well, not phase, but the hook we have. Isn't it there like a binary substitution? Uh, binary substitution phase? No, uh, no, yes. no. The, this was the build hook. Yeah, you, you, well, you, so you're using the post post build hook to push stuff into Trustix. Uh -huh. So, so kind of start from the beginning. So the builders you mentioned builders, and this could either be Hydra or any Nix machine that yeah uh, that has this post build hook, which publishes. Uh, and you also mentioned that once you publish. So you publish your binaries to a binary cache, but then at the same time, you also publish the logs to... And, and the logs are just metadata about the binary cache. Mm -hmm. So logs, uh, trustic logs are metadata about the binary cache. Mm. Uh, and then uh, what else, how do you configure... Because I guess, uh, how do you configure the uh, locally then to uh, check... Uh, uh, for the binary substitution, because you said, uh, so you, you can say, check these three remote logs for, for the consensus that I can use this. And let's say all three need to be very, uh, need to be, uh, need to confirm that this is a successfully built tool, uh, package. And is there, how does this transparently, uh, transparently works? Um, the, the, this is uh, it, it's implemented as a binary cache proxy. So, like it, it looks it looks like a regular binary cache from the perspective of, of Nix. I see. And then, so Trustix does very so it does verification of the output hash, and then it goes to a binary cache and just fetches the results and serves it up as if it was a regular binary cache with its own signing key. And... Ah, so this could also. I mean, now I'm just exploring the use cases, but this could also serve as a proxy over different binary cache. Yeah, yes, yes, but it's kind of, that's not the purpose, but sure, you technically could repurpose it. <laughs> uh, but you actually want some trust level in that sense. Uh, okay, so I think this, at least for me, it gives like the, as a Nix user on my machine, I could set up Nix, um, and uh, I suppose you want to build on different machines to have two different logs that you can check. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the more hardware variation you get, the, the more likely you are to catch reproducibility problems. Exactly. Okay. I see. So we need multiple the, the, people. 
And this, I think this is also why, why this model here is the, that, that I've created is so powerful because most, most reproducibility checking tools, they will just like build the same thing twice, sometimes on the same machine, mm-hmm. but because we can, anyone can join in and start publishing a log. We can get a huge degree of variation in, in hardware and, and like these external conditions. So we may be able to catch reproducibility problems, which other people, which other projects are not able to. Uh-huh. So in that sense, so the first question I have here is, so let's say I set up Trustix to publish the logs of whatever I build. What will be published? Is it safe? Will I expose myself somehow? with the stuff I publish in a log. Uh, let's say I'm working on really private projects uh, um, uh, that are not public. Yeah, yes, you, you, will, you will leak, leak uh, metadata. Metadata, so the name of the project, I, I see. Yeah, you, you, will, you will leak any, so if, you've, if you know what's in a NAR info file, anything that's in a NAR info file, you will leak. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So. I guess this must be everybody needs to be aware when working and playing with Trustix that you might leak if you publish yeah. the logs. So, so, but you don't leak the actual binary. So Trustix doesn't concern itself, like at the core of it, doesn't concern itself with how these binaries are distributed. It only cares with establishing whether whether something is trustworthy or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you are not leaking the the, the out, build outputs, but you may leak important metadata. What is actually inside, if you're aware, in the NAR? What metadata? Uh, it's just... I don't remember from the top of my head all the fields, but it's like a store path, URL, mm-hmm. a file hash, some other hash, um, mm-hmm. which references, so like runtime dependencies does this thing have? Yeah, so some things like this. Uh-huh. Okay, so so that you know what you also need to fetch after yeah. you fetch. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, for some for some people, this might not be a problem yeah. if they only expose. I suppose in the store pad you have a name of that package, so hmm. um, and you will get you will publicize what are the dependencies. But I I, I did I did get a feature request from from one user to that to add mm-hmm. uh, input filtering. So it, it, for example, if it, you would add a filter that, that would check, is this thing already published on cache.nixos.org? And if it's not, you would just drop the, the addition from the log. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. for, for example, a company that would want to participate in reproducibility tracking, but only for publicly available packages. Mm-hmm. This is like a possible scenario. So your your company wouldn't leak anything about your private packages, you, but you would upload metadata about public publicly available packages. I see. So you would only the packages that um, well that are in Nix packages will actually get um, yeah yeah published, and not your local development. Uh, so so this feature doesn't exist yet, but I, I I think it's it's a very reasonable, very easy feature to add. So so it mm-hmm. will will exist at some point. Yeah, I guess this brings us to the next point, which is if I configure, uh, let's say this proxy, I need to know um, which um, Trustix logs to compare and yeah. their related binary cache uh, caches. Um, how would this be 
or is there any plan how to organize this? No, I, I, I've thought about different models of having like a, a registry, but I don't want a central registry anywhere. Like this is distributed, this is decentralized. So putting a registry somewhere would be con- kind of counterproductive. Mm-hmm. But how would, let's say you start using it, how would I know what can I compare to? I suppose it needs to be a list somewhere. Yeah, the, the, this bit is not a solved, solved problem. So it might just be a, a, that you copy paste some configuration from, from a wiki somewhere or mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure yet how, how discoverability of logs are, are going to work, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't think th- I don't think it will be a built-in thing. It will be you need to manually configure some remote. Okay, I see. So it might come with already, um, no, no, I guess you will have to go, there will be a wiki page, which... Or, or, or like it's perfectly like feasible that we might add uh, a set of curated logs to, to uh, the NixOS module when that, that's added. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So it, maybe it will already come pre-configured with, let's say like a, like a really dumb uh, Trustix model, which would be always it, with only one URL to check, which is the cachenixos.org. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think this is probably what we're gonna end up like as a end up with as a default. Yeah, or as a, or as a fallback even. Okay, so we kind of covered how you can locally use it. I think now gives really like there is still few pieces that are missing, uh, but I think it gives pretty good idea. Uh, how somebody, if they see the value, can already start contributing, as mm. in publishing the logs. But, but uh, yeah, if you want to start contributing right now, it is it is a little bit like rough around the edges, and and <laughs> but it is a perfect time to get your hands dirty and get involved if you want to. Okay, uh, while we're at it, where is the development happening? Where can they reach and get help or ask questions? GitHub.com slash twig slash trustix or okay. or hash untrustix on Freenode. Untrustix. I suppose trustix was already taken. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Ah, I see. Okay. So uh, don't forget untrustix on Freenode. Uh, I suppose they are over- they will soon be aware the trustix channel. Uh, will soon be aware of trustix. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, it will point you to. It's pretty sad. Like it's it's uh, some abandonware Linux distribution. Ah, uh, okay. So it, it's not even an active project. I feel really sad about this. Ah, uh, maybe we can just hang out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay. So we have a. So if you want to help, um, the, uh, the there is a, as you mentioned, go Nix and a bit of the knowledge about Merkle trees. Yeah, is needed. Uh, had to, or even if you have a question, I suppose that we didn't answer, or that we will not answer for the continuous of the podcast. It's um, just go there and ask. So we we tr- now answered the, lo- the local use case where somebody is locally using Nix and how to use it, how to set it up. Uh, we answered why you would like to use it in the beginning, what are problems, and a bit we touched the inners. Uh, what we are left is how will this um, be used, kind of in a, in a com- on a community level. So, um, let's say the NixOS organization um, 
or the Nix infrastructure, NixOS infrastructure, how could how could NixOS infrastructure use that? So th this is something I've been working on already, and it's it's a web uh, web based dashboard for a log exploration. Mm -hmm. So you you could ask a question like uh, how reproducible is this derivation, and then this this uh, web API would give you give you back like all the derivation build outputs and, and recursively walk the walk the dependency graph because uh, it's not only about that derivation but also there yeah yeah all the dependencies yeah, so it, are for, to for sure it's about that derivation but it's also about the cumulative reproducibility rates if you've seen the the r13y nixos reproducibility mm -hmm. check website by by graham christensen then you can see what he's checking there is the minimal iso derivation and then plus all of its plus all of its build inputs mm -hmm. so then you, we, we want to do something equivalent here that sorry but 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 a huge difference here is that while the r13y website has a, like st statically configured uh, closure the trustix dashboard allows you to ask these questions about any derivation inside nix packages i, I assume for beginning yeah, yes 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 so we index hydra evaluation so anything that's built by hydra you can check in the trustix dashboard and it but and it will also be possible for you to deploy this dashboard internally in your company so like if your company want reproducibility tracking internally you could use trustix for this mm -hmm. so this is like a on premise setup you will have to do uh, but uh, kind of the how we would do it at high at the not hydro level, but at the community level, this will be this is like a showcase how you could do it. At the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will use hydro evaluations. So I assume we will have to uh, change a bit of Hydra or even change a bit of our builders. No. Or how no, we is don't. this change coming to? No, we don't have to change Hydra. We don't have to change our builders. At the end of the uh, at the end of the, this, all we need all we will need to do is add a post build hook to our builders. The integrations, the integration surface between Trustix and Nix is, is kept purposely kept as small as possible. Mm -hmm. So, but we still need to then redeploy or add this post build hook into. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I see. Uh, so, uh, where are we with this? Like, is there a PR or? No, no. So, uh, before we can reach this point. I would want a 1.0 release. So like the data format should be stable. The AP, all the APIs and stuff should be stable before this is up. So I would say a few more months before this can be uh, like cache.nixos.org log can be a reality, I think. Uh -huh, and this will be, so the, the logs are actually accessible on the same URL. I mean, would this be a common like auto discovery? Uh, so for example, um, so I'm I'm not familiar how the logs are being. So I know that the cache.nixos.org, uh, you pointed to a URL and uh, there is a structure, the API uh, of the the cache, uh, how it w works. If you add the, will the, will there be a different URL? You would access the the trusted logs will be under the same URL. I I haven't decided this yet, but I think maybe uh -huh. maybe the same. I don't, it seems seems like a good idea to have it on the same one if it's possible. So kind of add the add if this becomes like a, a thing that we want to work towards, that you could already check whether oh is this binary cache already supporting also the Trustix logs? 
Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very uh, probably a good idea to have a like static, uh, well-known endpoint mm-hmm. where you can fetch that metadata about the Trustix Trustix log. Mm, okay, that is used for this binary cache. That's probably a good idea. So uh, there there are uh, there are good examples of other protocols doing this, like OpenID Connect, for example, has this like, well-known OpenID Connect uh, metadata JSON URL. Mm-hmm. So I think this model. Has worked very well for OpenID Connect, so why not for Trustix? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to two, three years, and this is all implemented. What will the, um, the UI look like to an end user for this community run Trustix instance? If you have the ideas already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do. I do. Uh, it's just a very simple kind of. The first thing you see is, is like a reproducibility graph over time for like the minimal ISO and then some other aggregate aggregate metadata. And then you have a text box where you can search for, I don't know, let's say firefox.x8664 Linux. And, and then, you can, then you can sort of drill down on, on, on a derivation level and like look at which outputs are how reproducible and then if they're not reproducible you can click a button and then you you're dropped into a diffoscope view where you can look look at the binary diff of these two and why it's not so i guess one answer would be how reproducible are all our isos that we produce mm-hmm. or all our built artifacts um on which we actually publish on the download page uh and then that would be like how reproducible you click and you go to the new reproducibility uh, or improved reproducibility. Um, I guess the another use case might be that how reproducible is my um, uh, how reproducible is my build of uh, my installation? Yeah, yeah, you could just uh, create a list over all, over all your derivations on your system and ask like, yeah, how reproducible is my system? Yeah, and then it will just like, oh, here is the graph. <laughs> I guess with time, we could also figure it out how reproducible your system was over time, even, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the API now looks like you, you looks like this. You can ask, um, give it, given this attribute, how reproducible was this attribute over time? Ah, I see. And then it will do the whole uh, um, dependencies and then all those dependencies over time, so cumulative. Ah, that's, that is a nice future to have. <laughs> Indeed it is. Is there anything we forgot to, that I forgot to ask you? I, I tried to go from all the angles from different users. I, I, I think we got all the important fundamental bits out of the way, at least. I can't think of anything that is like super important that, that we didn't. So you want to say that I did a good job? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good job, yeah. <laughs> okay. Can be better. <laughs> Can be better. Thank you, thank you. There's always room for improvement. No, but um, I think what we did forget, there we go, uh, I have it as my last note, uh, is who sponsored this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we completely forgot that bit. So, yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is funded by the Enelnet Foundation. Uh, it's uh, funded under an EU program called Horizon 2020, which, like, Enelnet is getting their money from the EU. But so this this is under the NGI Zero program. It's like for privacy and trust enhancing technologies. Okay, and there is funding to finish this, and well, yeah, 
makes uh, has a future at least uh, in eyes of Europe and Trustix, right? Yeah. So, oh, well, Trustix and Nix, this is right there. So that's nice to mm. hear. And I, yeah, there's one in, very important thing I want to cover. So Trustix itself, I mentioned before that the integration surface is small. So Trustix itself is not inherently tied to Nix. So a project like Geeks, Geeks SD, which is semantically very similar to Nix, could just grab this thing off the shelf and start using it. Uh -huh. So they would just need to write their own post yeah, they, yeah, hook, yeah, publish exactly. hook. You would need, need some customization in, in the post build hook and how, how you create the, the com compute results and how you publish them. That bit would have to be customized. But apart from that, they would just grab it as is. Interesting. So shout out to the Geeks community. I so obviously, I haven't I haven't talked to them uh, about adopting this yet. But like the point here is that it's not it's not a Nix specific thing. Like the, this this model of of for for com verifying computations can be used regardless of you if you use Nix or not. It's just if 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 you if you can if your computation can be digested as as a single hash. You can also use Trustix to verify the outputs of the computation. I see. I see. I wanted to say that also the the, the name is compatible, which is important yeah. <laughs> for some. Yeah. <laughs> so Geeks Trustix, yeah. There you go. Um, no, it's exciting. Like the first time I heard about Trustix, I was I got really like, oh, this could really solve the. It's a tool to give the right answers to reproducibility. It's not going to make NixOS reproducible, but it will tell us more how reproducible are we and in a more scalable way. So that excites me and yeah, all the other applications. Yeah, and uh, like in, in, in a few years time, maybe we will even have like, you, your, oh, your package is not reproducible anymore. And it used to be, you, you get an email notification as the maintainer of the package. Like the, this, is, this is a possible future. So we could, we could get very close to perfect re reproducibility. That is an exciting future. Yeah. I said it already, and I said it again. Yeah. So I, I see. I see a lot of these like minor, min, minor things that that could improve things a lot over time. So this is a start. Trustix was released in December, before Christmas, I think, or around it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 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 important to say it's it's not released as in there's not a stable release, it, but it is in in the public. Yeah. Uh, you contribute. Uh, will there is a link already at the podcast? Follow it. There is uh, go to Freenode Untrustix um, channel uh, to get some more information, or just I think op opening a ticket would also do. Um, uh, there is a lot to work on still. Figure it out certain things, but it's a it's a good start. Uh, it shows a lot of pro promise, and yeah. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for coming. Yeah, th thank you for having me. Yeah, and um, let's talk in a half a year time or even sooner and see where we are. Huh? Yeah, I'd love that. Okay, thank you. And to everybody else, see you, uh, well, talk to you uh, soon. Ciao. Ciao.